Hello, Vitamizers, and Merry Christmas to those of you celebrating. It's Christmas Eve when we're posting this podcast, and we're so excited to have you join us this holiday week or way later if that's when you're listening to it. (laughs) Um, I'm Allison with MSW Lounge in Austin, Texas. And as always, we're super happy to have you join us on the show today. We have a couple quick show announcements, so let's get to it. The How Do You Health podcast is brought to you by MSW Lounge. MSW Lounge is located in Westlake Hills in Austin, Texas. We provide a variety of services, including vitamin shots and IVs, the whole Slenderella family, concierge medicine, chiropractic, massage therapy, a vitamin drink bar, and tons of other local company offerings for ways to clean up your health and naturally stay that way for a long time. Find out more at www.mswlounge.com. We are also brought to you by Slenderella. Slenderella is a vitamin shot and IV blend that was designed to help your liver function optimally. It got its name when the creators started noticing that liver detox was causing many clients to lose weight. Now there is a whole line of different Slenderella blends that you can customize for your needs, as well as a supplement line to support all of your Slenderella goals. You can find distributors and more information at www.slenderellausa.com. This podcast is sponsored by Athletic Outcomes. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It's your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date on their events and programs. This podcast is produced by Flabs to Fitness, Inc. Flabs to Fitness is an online wellness company that specializes in mindful eating, personalized workout programs, and offers a subscription workout program for 20-minute workouts you can do anywhere. It's also a social media content firm for creation and scheduling of content and engagement with your fans on a variety of platforms, including this podcast. Find out more at www.flabstofitness.com. All right, so today's episode is just John Baldo and myself. We did a special Christmas episode where uh, Nurse Doza, aka John, went over his blood work that he just got back. He did, he and Baldo did a six day water fast. I did not partake, I enjoy food. And um, there was some really interesting uh, blood work in there. So um, I hopped in to kind of keep them on track because we can get really into the scientific weeds with it. But it's a very interesting analysis of what happened when they didn't eat for six days. And we are going to do another follow-up blood work in a few weeks. Um, But yeah, and then we've wrapped up the episode with some holiday tips for you guys trying to stay healthy around a not-so-healthy time of year. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Here is How Do You Health Christmas Edition Year 2. Oh my gosh, it's Year 2. Enjoy, guys. This is the Christmas episode? This yes. Is so welcome to the How Do You Health podcast. This is our Christmas episode. And uh, we're going to... End of the new year, right? End like, of this the... is, or this is the end of the year, right? This is the end of the year uh, live. This one, will, this one, the audio for this one will drop on Christmas Eve, yeah. and then we'll, we'll still have an episode on New Year's Eve go out as yeah. well. So. But That's is, cool, So, but this is a live filming of our last episode. Yeah. Yep, and it's been over a year now, you pointed that out earlier, yes. right? How long has it been? Like, almost a year and a half, right? A year and two months, maybe. So we're in episode... 
This will be 56? episode 56. Yes. 56. So as you can see, That's we cool. have Allison, our producer, joining in today. Hi. And we're so excited about that. So that means that we have a guest director and Lauren Brown behind them again. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about today, Nurse Doza. We're going to talk about your labs because you, uh, or we just did a six-day water fest and you actually got to do your <clears throat> testing right before it and right after and I think it's a good subject to talk about because we have to eat some crazy crazy stuff for the holidays we all do um, and that's kind of why we decided to do a little crazy diet beforehand to I guess prep ourselves yeah, yeah. so yeah John and Baldo <laughs> did a six-day water fast I ate happily throughout all of it um, but yeah, so can we like first establish why you guys do this? Because it's not a weight loss thing for either of you. You clearly don't need to lose weight. Um, Gains, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly why we do it. No, we, uh, Baldo did the water fast first and I was intrigued by it because seeing that I see him every day, I can tell if there's like a change going on with them and if he doesn't eat for six days, he's just fasting on water and topo I figured that you know I'd pay attention make sure he's okay well it was funny he had like bags under his eyes the entire like last three days I mean you probably remember it too and uh, I'd ask him like so how do you feel he said oh I feel amazing like I feel great I'm like no you don't I think like, I came no. in here on day four or five and he no. really had the bags especially yeah. I didn't yeah. notice it as much on the second fast that's but... I also didn't feel as because I, I felt like sharp is what I meant. Like the first time sharp mentally, from the sharpness yeah. and mentally I felt great, but I did feel fatigued. Yeah. The second time around, I didn't feel that fatigue that I did the first time. Um, but I also didn't feel as like sharp as I did the last time. But at the same time we kept messing around with like, let's eat this and let's eat that. Well, like, <laughs> well, so the water fast came about the idea that I was trying a bunch of, I always tried different diets. I've eaten many different ways in the past 10 years probably right and this one was more of like I always tell people what they should be eating for their diet and what it should be for like for their prescription as far as their health goes and I was like well if this was my diet I'm always working on mine and I kept measuring my labs and my insulin was not working as well as I wanted it to and so I kind of had this hypothesis where it's like would it be genetic if that was the issue because mm -hmm. it's not like I have, a, I mean, I have a problem with blood sugar in the sense that I like sugar and it goes, in, <laughs> it goes in my, my blood, body through desserts <laughs> and carbs and all that stuff too. But, um, I, on the gut diet that I did, if you, if you remember the Slenderella gut, uh, detox diet, that one was, uh, all anti-inflammation and it helped a lot. But the, the funny thing was in my labs, I had high blood sugar because, um, I was eating bananas and I was eating bananas because they're prebiotic but too much sugar for me and I was like why why could my body not regulate this you know like why is it an insulin issue does that mean it's a hormone issue and so I've tried uh, different things for insulin and like diabetic approaches and so the water fast diet was a theory of, of saying like would it be able to help regulate my insulin better because from what I've read and what Baldo told me and even what other people have told me uh, it's a reset it's a cellular reset, and if you look at what hormones well, one really of our are, friends came it. in here just randomly and said, "You know what you need to do for your insulin? 
seven day water fast. Yeah. Right? Just that randomly out of the blue just came and he's like, well, damn. Like, uh. I mean, he, 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 <laughs> so, he knows the whole story and right. that's what he did. He came up here to tell me you should do a water fast. And I was like, damn, I was just talking about this. So you day. did it to regulate your insulin and you do it to help with your inflammation in your knee. I mean, if that was the case, I would have done the same thing if I, yeah. if I had a sugar issue. But yeah, for me, the first time was to heal quicker from my knee injury because I'd had I'd, I'd had that on and off for like two plus years. Yeah. Right. I mean, so it as got long worse. As no, you've had it longer than that. Well, mm-hmm. specifically my my. Uh, the latest injury. Like the latest injury, that one that happened with yoga with Lauren in, in Cuba. Uh, oh, with well, that that made it worse. <laughs> that made it worse. Well, that made that worse, and so it's never recovered fully because one thing or the other. And yeah. So, um, I did that because I want to recover quicker and I had read that it did help this time around I think it was because of because that wasn't used as much what then became weak and aggravated all the time was my IT band and my hip flexors mm-hmm. and so it was like it kind of carried into that and so that was the goal this time around and yeah I, I, there's there's a lot of improvements <laughs> and so yeah um, but see we did it for different things and everyone has told us they've done a water fast like you remember um Jenny, she did a water fast for what, like 20 days, right? For her thyroid. She said her thyroid was so messed up, that was the only thing that helped it, and it fixed it. was like the last option before she had to get surgery. Yeah, and so she actually did it, and she said, you know, it worked. It helped her a lot, and everything that I I would imagine, (laughs) like, if you... This is true ketosis, right? So if you talk about, like, intermittent fasting, Mm -hmm. and you bounce out of it, like, you know, you talk about intermittent fasting regulating hormones a little bit better, right? And so what better way to regulate a hormone than insulin, which is kind of like a, you know, like a, a different kind of hormone within itself. It's like itself. a food response hormone. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's like a, a self-regulating ability to store like one of our main sources of energy, right? Like every time you eat something, you're, you're, you're trying to regulate what to do for energy, like purposes, right? Like what do you use it for? So if... My issue is simply I eat a lot of sweets. That's one thing, which I know I do. But then when I cut them out and my sugar still wasn't going down, is it like, well, is this years and years and years of, you know, sugar abuse or whatever? But which then, would show up in your A1C. And not only did it, it would show up in my A1C, which Not is only did it not improve, it got worse. Well, it, got, it, it got worse from it, right? Because essentially the, I didn't eat any desserts. I didn't eat any sugar. And for the past three weeks or whatever, 30 days it was, all I ate was apples and bananas. And my sugar was higher. Those are still sugar. Right. And, and my fructose. And one of the tests uh, that I measure in the blood work is called glycated serum protein. And it's a measurement of blood sugar over three weeks. And that was the highest out of anything. And I've eaten pancakes and brownies and cookies and all that at once. You know, like, and I, I didn't do it then. I wonder if it's a glucose versus a fructose thing, though. Because apples and bananas are very high in fructose. fructose. Which is a difficult sugar for your body to break down. Glucose will still spike your your insulin and all that stuff, but it's a simpler sugar that the body's more used to breaking down, which is one reason why a lot of people are freaked out by high fructose corn syrup. Yeah, it's just your body treats for whatever reason. It's one. Of, it's it the treats it differently. Yeah, sure. it's treated differently. Yeah, and so I. I look so at, then that means that just freaking eat marshmallows for three weeks and see what happens. Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> the marshmallow, yeah, the marshmallow diet. Well, yeah. well, if you look at if you look at what I did in this other round of tests, like I think this was measuring October, December, and then a week later in December, 
So, this, so yeah, these are John Glads that they have in front of them. Yeah, we I like I said, I'm a science nerd. I love labs. I love looking at them. I love looking at my own. So I have my labs from October 25th, 2018, December 5th, 2018, and December 12th, 2018. So I did it, you know, seven days later uh, with this water fast. I did it the Saturday I, I, before I started and the next Saturday. So his cholesterol went like way high too. So mm -hmm. one of the things that I noticed going back to the whole insulin issue is that my A1C in October is at 5.4. Yeah. All right. And then... When I did the gut detox diet, the Slenderella detox, di uh, detox diet, that was to December. Mm -hmm. And so I, after that, I cut out this because I, you see how high the GSP is? That's the fasting sugar over three weeks. Yeah. That's an inflammatory marker as well, and I'll explain that more in a second. But the GSP was sky high. That's when I was eating the bananas. Like, God bless. Like, this is ridiculous. All right. So then I cut out bananas, and all I ate was apples. Yep. Okay, and you see how much it drops. It drops by like 30 points. Yeah, yeah. but the thing is, it's still there. Like it's, it's still in the yellow. Yeah, it's still, it's still in the yellow. It's still high because I it, it, it's at 223. The cutoff's 200. And so at this point, the water fast allowed that to drop another like 20 points. And I'm almost in range. Mm -hmm. with And that's if that's an aging marker, an inflammatory marker, then obviously my sugar is not as inflammatory. Mm -hmm. But I've still been eating apples. Look at that yeah. Okay, as, as far as like, you know, Which just my whole thought guess. process even after I got done. I don't think it was the... Uh, the apples it probably was the bananas but the the but the interesting thing is the home ir that's what baldo was just pointing to me at yeah so the home ir for the what listeners IR so it, it's a big long way to say insulin resistance and uh it's a way to measure your insulin response when it comes to being either insulin sensitive or insulin resistant and that's why it's such a great test because when it comes to looking at diabetes uh, diabetes, even uh, insipidus as well, like, you know, type 1, if you look at the insulin response, they're going to have insulin problems, right? It's just more of like, they're, the diabetes that's type 1 is going to be, you know, you can't make insulin, so you have to give yourself shots. Yeah. So you're, you're not wor worried about that. You have but, to supplement with insulin. Yeah, like, yeah, but diabetes mellitus is interesting because if you have uh, a person who's born with a bunch of insulin and then they use it all up because they ate like crap their whole life, then you essentially have this hoarding of insulin to where you don't want to release it when you're older. And so what's, what's really fascinating about the insulin resistance is that it was high for me. When I was doing the bananas and apples and straight up everything else was like cauliflower, uh, uh, broccoli, spinach, I would eat eggs, I would eat uh, ground meat. And for the people you know thinking like, oh, well, that's your problem right there. No, it was very clean ground turkey meat and then it was a pasture... Uh, raised eggs and I mean it's it's meat I, is not gonna spike your insulin as much as fruit is because meat right. is protein and fruit is sugar <laughs> right exactly and so I, if you look at why people love and uh, protein shakes it's because they think it's not gonna necessarily spike your insulin the problem is that there's a lot of things in there that will yeah. and it's, it's they especially like you know pretty much like you so called filter it with like you know sugar or stevia of course and then there's the flavorings as well um, but I didn't do any protein shakes. I, I've cut that out for a while. And this was just, you know, still meat and eggs. And you see how low it, it got yeah. from, from those two months with it. My insulin resistance lowered. And so his, your insulin resistance started at 2.4. It lowered to 2 by December. Right. And then, and it, then in seven days. <laughs> in seven days, it dropped to 0 0.3. It dropped 1.7 points way into the green. In a week. In, in a, a week. In a week. And Not so, even. It was six days. Mm -hmm. I... I 
find it very that number and then the other number the a1c which was at 5.4 in october and then the gut diet like i said 5.3 that's after i cut out the bananas but even your insulin at two i mean which i guess is you can you would be expected because you weren't eating but still that difference from like 11 to 9 to 2 yeah. You, oh, oh yeah. His insulin well, levels. Well, I would I would expect that to be lower, obviously, because I've eaten. But but this is this is the so thing. So we're talking about yeah. So if you look at the metabolic tests, and I like the way that and we're looking at a Boston Heart uh, test, is which one of my pr uh, preferred tests to use? Boston Heart Diagnostics brand. Yeah. So there's um, the the metabolic test includes most of the insulin tests that you would want to really look at, and there's some genetic tests that you can kind of look at as well. There's A1C, there's Home IR, there's glucose, the GSP, like we mentioned. There's adiponectin, which is a fat hormone. Uh, there's insulin and C-peptide. And C-peptide is showing how hard your, pancre your pancreas is working in order to kick out insulin. Okay? And so mine dropped, you know, 2.49 all the way to 0.65, which is nuts. And so mine, obviously, I'm not producing any insulin, right? right. So my pancreas isn't overworking itself over time. Um, the adiponectin is, is a fascinating thing. I'll come to that in a second. But the A1C and the IR. The A1C measures about three months it worth of blood glucose. Exactly. So it measures three months of blood sugar. That was started at 5.4, then went to 5.3. It jumped to 5.4. Yeah, it went down to 5.1. And it went two-tenths of a point down. which in is six days. Which is which harder is than hell to do because I can tell you right now, there's like stages and levels of different types of diabetic medication like Genuvia and all that stuff is like those things would like really be a, a big win if you can get like a few points to move right and that's over a long time yeah frame. it's three months and in six days you moved your three month marker point two yeah points, which is huge and I also wanted to point out to people so you're talking about your insulin resistance your long term your moderate term I guess so long-term being three months, moderate-term being three weeks, and then your immediate blood glucose levels. Those are the three blood sugar markers that you measured. I wanted to point out with this insulin resistance one how it dropped from a 2 to a 0 0.3 in six days. Whenever I try to explain insulin and insulin resistance to people, I always say insulin is like the key that unlocks the cell to let sugar in because that's essentially what insulin does. Yeah. And so when you say your cell is resistant to it, it's like the key isn't matching the lock anymore. Your cell is blocking off the insulin because your cell is already full of sugar and doesn't want more, so it's not letting the insulin in. Yeah. So it's a good way. To yeah, I so, like that. So, like when you see insulin resistance go down, that means your body was able to filter out a lot of the sugar that it had, and then the cell is like, okay, I can let more sugar in now. I'm not going to keep blocking insulin out. I'm going to let insulin's key work again. Yeah which is reflected in your other two measures, your glucose is flagged as red for being too low. You're resting blood glucose. Well, yeah, and, it's and, Right, which is I just think is interesting because it was a, a healthy 91 and dropped to a 56. And your three-month marker dropped 0.2 points. So it just makes sense that, okay, by not eating for six days, your body suddenly says, okay, we're at a reasonable blood sugar level again. It kind of gave you a clean slate. Yeah, yeah, it kind of yeah. regulated it. And, yeah. and this is the interesting thing about Which it. So the whole the yeah. whole reason I did the water fast was for this these numbers. Like I didn't know what to expect if it came down to I was going to do like a six day fast, right? Because you don't know what your numbers are going to change. Like, and I I didn't honestly I didn't do a lot of um, a lot of lab research when it came to the results. Uh, what I was expecting for myself because I didn't. 
I didn't know what was going to happen because everyone's metabolism is different. But right. the fact that the numbers changed this much, uh, I did expect some of these numbers to be affected. And this is a positive. All of this is a win. This is like a huge, huge, uh, uh, I think, success in my mind for so, helping regulate it. So, yeah, sorry. Finish your thought. Well, I, I think, but if the, the point is, though, is that I, I think at the same time, if it measures long term, what we're going to look at is a rebound effect. You know, like what's a month or two now going to look like where you say, are these numbers going to stay about the same? If I continue to diet, I'm going. Was this a jump start? Do they improve? Right? Because I want right. to get those numbers even better. I was actually going to, so uh, do, are you basically sticking to the gut diet minus the bananas and apples now, or are you keeping apples in? I'm still eating apples. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much trying to do the, the gut diet again. I ate carbs for the past like week mm -hmm. and like real carbs, like, you know, potatoes and french fries and, you know, I but actually, it was all like sweet potatoes and all that. I actually recommend and personally eat way more starchy carbs than fruit. Because yeah. there's resistant starch that feeds the gut bacteria and helps with all that other stuff and helps heal the gut in that sense. Well, see, I this also is not a bad thing, right, that, that this happened with the gut diet because... I was really impressed by your heart numbers, too, on here. Yeah, I was looking at your liver num or your uh, cholesterol numbers, which we need to talk about as well. Because even you regulated your vitamin D. Let's look at the heart D. first. Well, look the heart... Your, uh, what it's on page? CoQ10. CoQ10. Oh. It's page Well, five. okay, all right, so... What's interesting about CoQ10 is CoQ10 is an antioxidant that essentially protects your, your brain, eyes, and your heart against inflammatory damage, specifically free radicals. All right, you tear the term free radicals. Anytime that you have an action in the body, whether it's contracting of a muscle, whether it's burning energy, you're producing CoQ10 to fight off free radical damage. I've never been sufficient in CoQ10. I think we started measuring my CoQ10 levels when I've just been doing these tests for the past two years. And uh, it's always been deficient. And most endurance athletes have deficiencies in CoQ10. One of the other re important things about CoQ10, it's part of the electron transport chain. And electron transport chain is essentially like a currency of, of conduction that flows through our body, like electrical conduction. And so if you talk about blood glucose, blood glucose carries ATP, which is in like red blood cells and cells, and, and it essentially is our main currency of energy throughout our body. The electron transport chain uses CoQ10 in order to produce more ATP, and that's essentially the like electron an transport chain is the thing that takes bigger molecules like glucose and breaks them down into ATP. Yeah, yes. so so it's you, with it's a it's a system within each cell. So you have um, like a mitochondrial focus and a nucleus focus, and and if you look at like we talk about the methylation cycle, essentially. Um, it's occurring in possible nucleuses where you're going and you're reaching and producing ATP. They're using methyl B9, methyl B9, methyl uh, B12, I'm sorry. Uh, if you have uh, SAMe that you're using, that would all help increase that. But from a mitochondrial level, producing ATP uh, through the ETC <laughs> is essentially mm -hmm. like one of the best uh, ways to, to yeah, promote longevity. And yes. if and if you if you look at CoQ10 supplementation, it's very easy to supplement with it. So you're I saying CoQ10 is kind of like a, a it, it it speeds up the process of the electron transport chain. Well, it it's an essential cofactor involved in it, and it will speed it up. So I think if you have more CoQ10 in your bodies, then essentially your your systems are running on full steam, okay. right? I, I guess imagine that's how you look at it. Like the coal is supplying the engine mm -hmm. on the train, right? So. <laughs> 
Because um, it's an enzyme, right? The... It is an enzyme. It's, oh, that it, makes sense. So yeah. an enzyme is, by definition, something that speeds up a process within a cell. Yeah, so CoQ10 yeah. is the enzyme well, it's, for it's, producing yeah, energy. Yeah, it's coenzyme Q10, right? That's right. Something yeah. like that. it's, it just, it's, it's incredible because from a heart standpoint, I'm glad you brought this up. It, CoQ10 is for the heart. It is for the brain as well. But if you look at CoQ10... It is deficient when a person who has cholesterol issues, it's deficient in that person because they're usually going to take a statin, and a statin lowers CoQ10 in the body. Yes. Which is nuts because if you have a person who has so-called cholesterol issues, then you would think they're at risk for heart disease and this whole called traditional like, you know, risk of stroke and coronary artery disease and things like that. And um, the point... I would make to that is saying it's not the cholesterol, obviously, that's the issue, right? Um, it, but it doesn't make sense that you would give a medication that would cause some kind of nutritional deficiency. And that's what a lot of most medications do. That's what people don't realize. Like one of the side effects of statins besides CoQ10 deficiency is muscle pain. And if you think about it, one of the things you tell endurance athletes is if you have a lot of CoQ10 in your body, you're not going to have as many aches and pains. And that goes for your joints as well as tendons and all that. And I mean, I think CoQ10 has been a great supplement for athletic bodybuilding for years because, I mean, it essentially kills off free radicals. But see, that, that increased. And then what also increased, though, and this is a, a proof in all this that ties into the cholesterol, is that my total cholesterol and my LDL, my bad cholesterol, they went sky high. That's and, what I wanted to talk about And you about really next. balanced that, and, those... Uh, those um, and what's what's interesting to me too Ratios. is I'm, I'm wondering if it's almost like a sign of how deep into ketosis you were because you're burning fat, which like is used like cholesterol and fat have this weird interaction in the body. The liver is working overtime if you're eating more fat. Yeah. And the liver is what produces most of our cholesterol. So I'm wondering if that's part of it. And, and you're tapping into stored fat, so then you also wonder like where did that stored fat at that point, where did that stored fat come from? Like, like was, was it high was it from like the stuff fat? from like yeah exactly? Like were you burning like fast was that food stored fat <laughs> from fast food that you've had before, oh, yeah. or is it stored fat from your recent gut diet, which is probably oh, the not true? Five avocados that you eat a day. Well, yes, because <laughs> I think you would think before. that that's the first thing that went right. Yeah. Was, is the all the avocados we ate like the three days before? That's probably the first thing that got burned yes. off. Yes, but that's how fat works. But you, you burn first what you stored last. But yeah. so then that would. Make since that old fat it was all nasty ass cholesterol right like that's basically there's a lot of ways to go about this so like was i targeting like white fat was i targeting brown adipose tissue i, I would think i was probably in brown because it's just i've been so healthy of late with the gut because diet and working out <laughs> <laughs> no that's not the reason why because you're mexican yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> That's right. You could say that. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> but no, I, you could go. You could go around that way. You could go around the way that it was um, the idea that I was burning off what I was stored, you know, stored for a while. I imagine that long term, yeah, like you're probably going to go into uh, a straight up autophagy, like uh, if you were to imagine you just wither away and you eat away at like all the things that are stored up in your muscles, your organs. There would be a ways for me to go because of my like keto lifestyle I've lived in the past like couple years where I just love avocados, eat tons of it, eat tons of sardines now, salmon. Uh, I was doing nuts for a while, but I mean, I'm not doing that obviously anymore. But um, the cholesterol thing is not because I introduced meat back into my diet because I remember I did, I was not eating that much meat and on the gut diet I did. I ate tons of 
eggs and all that. And my cholesterol was actually excellent. Yeah. My, my cholesterol, let me just tell you this. The cholesterol thing is now, if you look at the water fast diet, and this is color coordinated for the people who can't see this. The red is where uh, the total cholesterol in the LDL is located. And the yellow is borderline, and that's where it was before I did the water fast. Like, but the thing was, the HDL was at 103 before the water fast, like the day of, like the day two or two before I started, and then the HDL dropped to 84. HD, okay. So just for a reference, if you have a high total cholesterol, which by like standards just set by the was it the CDC that um, that regulate all this stuff. Um, they say a total cholesterol over 200 points is quote unquote high. Um, but they also say that if your HDL, also known as your good cholesterol, is above a 70, that is like a confounding factor to a high total cholesterol. So if you have a high total cholesterol of over 200, but your HDL is 70 or higher, then you actually factor out to a zero point risk factor because HDL is so good that if it's high, it counteracts any bad from having a high total cholesterol. So on his blood uh, records before this fast, he had a total cholesterol that's considered high at 211, but his HDL was 103. And even after the fast, it's at 84. Getting someone even to 60 on HDL is really hard. Like your HDL is really solid. But what's interesting here too is after the fast, your total cholesterol went from 211 to 268. Your LDL dropped 20 points and mm -hmm. your or your your HDL dropped 20 points and your LDL increased 57. See and <laughs> when you look at triglycerides triglycerides is your um what is it your diet cholesterol, right? Yeah. So your diet at that point was nothing. Your well basically your own tissues and your yes. own <laughs> So that's crazy. Well, but I inflammation just, was amazing. I just noticed something right now. So I I don't you asked the question if you know was I pulling from older, older, like stored fat? Yeah. So the non-HDL is interesting because it's very similar to like the v VLDL or VLDL, yeah. And um, we, I don't know why that wasn't measured the VLDL first VLDL stands for very low density lipoprotein. Yeah. protein. So, <laughs> the so smallest LDL. It's, it's also kind of inflammatory as well. Mm -hmm. And it, when I say that, uh, it's when you have cholesterol that floats around the bloodstream, you essentially have triglycerides and you have what's called free-floating uh, fatty acids. And those uh, are like actual, like cholesterol comes in and saturated fat, it gets broken down to monosaturated fat, and monosaturated fat gets broken down into free fatty acids and triglycerides. Well, those triglycerides are essentially three gly uh, glycines. Or, yeah. So, like, triglycerides, yeah. three glycines. So, there's essentially like you have these three amino acids that are going to be broken apart once they enter in the cell, and then that those little molecules are helping carry uh, energy into the cell to produce like ATP, right? Mm -hmm. Like carnitine takes the broken down uh, triglycerides and it takes it into the, the nucleus to produce ATP, which is cool. That's why it's you need carnitine. Like That's why it's such a good uh, fat metabolizer, right? Right. So if you look at, when you look at HDL, HDL goes and it takes all the free-floating fatty acids and triglycerides that are bad and it scoops them up. Well, the breakdowns of the free-floating fatty acids could be LDLs, right? And those are inflammatory, right? When you break those down even more, you start looking at the par uh, particles, and the size of it can matter, but they can also be inflammatory depending on how you break down uh, things again, So right? it's basically col like cholesterol matters, but the size of the cholesterol matters more. Well, <laughs> there's a lot of that's yeah. that, there's a lot of pieces of cholesterol, right? And there's a lot of studies coming out now saying that 
cholesterol probably isn't the problem. It's more of a warning factor based on what your ratios are. Because of the type of the cholesterol. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, man. It's not the general it implies things. It implies that something else in the body is messed up and the cholesterol isn't really the cause. It's just sort of the warning flag. Yeah, and yeah. I, I will go and completely stick the, the flag in the, uh, the idea that it's inflammation from cholesterol that will cause a problem. And just even knowing so that little bit. So you think inflammatory cholesterol causes a problem? I think that's the main culprit on any disease that you have in the body, whether it is a freaking low back pain, whether it's Alzheimer's, an insulin issue, which I think is almost an autoimmune disorder if you look at type 2 and a, maybe a type 3 world as well. Um, it's inflammation that's going to cause disease, right? Specifically from LDL. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know about that. Like LDL and triglycerides. Triglycerides are pretty damn inflammatory too. And those can be from um, straight up dietary. So when the people talk about the cholesterol, the other thing they don't know about is your cholesterol is 80% of your genetics. So, so like your liver 20, produces 80% of your cholesterol. Well, the thing is, if it's 80% of your genetics, your metabolism is like going to be set. Like, are you going to produce bad cholesterol or good cholesterol? And you've heard these people. Like, I just have bad cholesterol in my family. That's true, right? And so, how your body uptakes it. Right, exactly. So it doesn't matter how many avocados you're going to eat. If you can't get that ability to produce better cholesterol, then, then what's the problem really, right? Because the truth is the cholesterol is needed for hormone production. Like, all hormones are essentially cholesterol. So... The last thing you want to do is restrict someone on a low-fat diet. And then what happens with um, a low-fat diet is essentially this. If your body is made of freaking cholesterol throughout an entire, its entire you know, organization, then what you look at, each cell is surrounded by fat. It's mm -hmm. phospholipid. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's called a phospholipid, phospholipid layer. And yep. so if you have a phospholipid layer, then you're essentially going to have a surrounding of a cell that allows those you know, channels and barriers and the keys to unlock and open up and the receptors go in and they go into the cell. Carnitine takes the triglycerides into the cell, breaks it down, uses the, the energy for ATP production. But um, you have to have that cushioning around there. So what's interesting about it is if you tell someone to go on a low-fat diet, your body will go into a, a, a mode where you use up stored energy for fat and energy, uh, and you'll, you'll basically break down from brown. You're, what we are looking at now is, is, in addition to the white, we're looking at the brown adipose tissue as like a really good source of energy. And a lot of the brown adipose tissue is located around your spine. And you can see that too because it's essentially a part of what you need. The white adipose tissue is the inflammatory fat. And what's interesting about the inflammatory fat is your body should be looking at fat cells as part of the endocrine system. So every time that you talk about the pancreas, you talk about the liver, you talk about uh, your kidneys, your adrenals, you have to look at your fat as, an, as a gland. And if you have that ability to produce hormones, which it can, adiponectin yes. is a one way to produce. Uh, fat cells do produce hormones. They, yeah, yes. then you're essentially looking at is what's inflammatory coming from every type of reaction I have in my body. And so the cholesterol is no exception. If you look at eating something that's going to be as bad as corn oil for you or high fructose corn syrup. And for the people who still don't know what high fructose corn syrup is, essentially it's a modified version of an extract of an oil of corn so we can use it for co uh, cooking purposes. People use it as a filler in almost every packaged good you buy. It is because it's cheap and you can make derivatives of it. And because GMO is so GMO'd, <laughs> uh, you can uh, twist the, the corn extract even more to make it sweeter and make it last longer. Mm. And you can put you all can kinds manipulate. of chemicals. You can <laughs> manipulate it. And that's essentially what they've done. And it's ingenious, really, from a business standpoint. Oh, I mean, yeah. if I paid for real corn oil, uh, it would be like, you know, a couple dollars, you know, an ounce or so. But with GMO corn oil, I mean, you're looking at cents. Yeah. Like, like you're looking at maybe a couple of dimes, maybe a couple of pennies, depending on your it's manufacturer. Like it's nothing, yeah. right? And so when you use fake 
chemical ingredients. There's no telling what kind of byproduct you're going to have. And so when you break down the corn oil and you break it down where in the body, you're going to break down your digestive tract. You break it down your digestive tract. And what people don't understand is whatever your digestive tract does for uh, production and absorption, there's byproducts. There's free radicals and then there's byproducts. And the byproducts could be inflammatory or not because there's signals that happen every time you digest food. So, I mean, the inflammatory test that we do in here tells way more of a prediction than cholesterol ever will, right? Because I'm right. like, well, what if my gut's telling me that all the cholesterol and avocados I'm eating is converting into good cholesterol, which makes good hormones? Mm -hmm. Well, it's like, all right, well, let's check this inflammation test called MPO. Don't ask me how to pronounce the name. It's like myloperoxidase, I think is what it is. But it's, in, and correct me if I'm wrong, I can't remember exactly M the name. Yeah. But it's MPO, and uh, it's, a, it's the granddaddy of all inflammation tests for your ar arterial inflammation. So if you look at inflammation that would be building in the heart, you'd probably first notice it in the layers of the tissue in the arteries and cardiac tissue, mm -hmm. right? Like you would just think that you would be noticing that first. So how can you tell if inflammation's building? Well, this test is a better predictor of cardiac health than, than any cholesterol panel will be. Because right. you can have perfectly fine cholesterol, be on a statin, depleting your CoQ10 levels, and all of a sudden the doctor's like, yep, just keep doing what you're doing. You're just eating peanut oil from a fast food place down the road, or corn oil, right? And all of a sudden um, you have this inflammation that's kind of building. And you order this MPO test, and it's like, man, like, yeah, your cholesterol's all fine, but your MPO's like really high. Yeah, and I'm looking at your NT Pro BNP. You were so chill throughout the whole throughout the whole thing, and it just shows. Cause I your can't heart, remember like, what chills like anymore. Dude. It's been years. Yeah. Well, so, I'm just saying, so, like, yeah. yeah. Okay, so getting back to MPO, John, your MPO before the fast was at 313, which is already in the green, but after six days, it dropped 100 points to 219. So clearly, even though your total cholesterol is high, it's not affecting your heart in a negative way. But this, and, this is general inflammation. Right and there. his general inflammation marker, which is HSCRP, it's at a 0 0.3. It dropped, point zero, uh, it dropped point two. Point 0.2 points in six days. And then the NT-ProBNP, Baldo, can you explain that one? I'm not familiar with that one. That one is how hard your left ventricle is working to pump out blood. Okay, so in six days, John's went from already green 55. But... And the reason I pointed it out is because throughout the whole 20. time, he was just, like, super chill. Like, you, you've seen how he operates. He's usually, like, kind of, like, high-stressed or yeah. you know, whatever. Like, that's just the way that's he's the always truth. is. Yeah. Yeah. And not during this fast. He was so chill. It was everything the, was just, like, It whatever. was the most awesome feeling I've had <laughs> in, like, years. I was like, oh, my God. I just, I remember we were even at a big meeting. And we were talking, and I was just like, whatever, man. That's totally cool with me. I'm good. <laughs> we did good. shoot a podcast that week. Yeah. And you came in, and you were just like, yeah. Yeah. I was well, like, yeah. That, I, mean, I didn't have the energy to, like, do anything. That, then, and along with your your uh, uh, your adrenals, which improved over 100 points, too. And so those two things definitely showed, hey, your adrenals are, like, not freaking out and you are chill and your heart's not even working like it explains yeah yeah chill, what chill is so, so this is the cool this is <laughs> that's exactly what chill means so if, if you look at the other hormone aspect of the this testosterone well we'll get to that in a second yeah. but this is interesting so for a measurement of adrenal function the one test that i really really like is dheas mm -hmm. and um most people when they talk about adrenal function they're going to look at cortisol measurement and i know there's all kinds of tests out there to measure it. Uh, there's serum, there's urine, and obviously saliva tests. I, 
I can tell you this. If you want to spit in a tube all day and collect your saliva for every hour on the hour, okay, I've done be, that. <laughs> be my guest, send it in. I guarantee you can probably listen to someone, their lifestyle, and you can figure out whether cortisol is high or not, right? Like it wouldn't be that big of a shock. But DHAS is more stable. It's more of a way to kind of look at the overall picture of where the adrenal is functioning, right? And so for most people, and even this range is a little more accurate, which I like, but most people in that range, I mean, ideally, we'd like to be in the 300s or above, all right? Now, you don't want to be too, too high, but you want to be in the 300s. I, I think that's ideal. If you're kind of like below 250, you're probably heading in the wrong direction. So I was like at 242 in December, uh, before the, on the 5th, on yeah. the, fifth, the week before the water fast. And then at the end, it jumped up to two, uh, 359. So it went from 242 to 359, and I've never seen that much of an increase unless someone's taking DHEA, which is a supplement. Yeah. And I'm 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 against that supplementation. That's just my personal belief. But um, I I think the safer route is to do it through like bovine adrenal gland and like other nutritional and and, and adaptogens that you could take. But my adrenals went up in function and you imagine that like somebody were to say how much stress are you putting on the body well the reason i was super chill is because my adrenals were firing my cortisol lowered from 15 to 9 <laughs> which was great now i haven't been in single digits forever which was awesome and then um you, know, you did see the idea that my heart wasn't working overtime with the pro bmp and yeah. all that but what happened with my testosterone was something that, that caught me by a huge surprise. Which is interesting because Baldo's spiked up like hundreds of points and yours dropped hundreds yeah, of points. Yeah, so my There's total the... testosterone dropped 500 points. And Baldo's, when he did his blood work, his went up a lot. I mean, it like wasn't... 400 plus points. It was like 400 yeah. points. And I was like, wow. One of the other things, of course, you know, I would like to have increased testosterone because why the hell not? Um, I was already closer to 700 and it dropped at 500. So I was like, oh man, what the hell? Why? why? It dropped to 160. It dropped 500 points. Yeah. So. I, I basically, at the time taking, taking this test, I had the testosterone of like a 90 old dude. So, so my, <laughs> mine raised, but I took my test three, a couple weeks, two and a half to three weeks after, after I finished. Okay. And, I think, and we have done some research since then and it, we have found that there's probably going to be a rebound effect but yeah. it does drop and then I there's a rebound I was going to raise that effect. point because I mean like I know you know just it, like in the eating disorder realm like women who have anorexia they lose their period and things like that because the body goes into survival mode and it's like survive before you reproduce your body <laughs> has to feel like it's safe enough to survive on its own before it starts to reproduce which happens to men too so your pro your body was probably just in survival mode of like okay yeah I'm firing and doing all these good things for myself right now but I'm not going to be able to make a kid and take care of it yet because I don't know if I'm going to eat again. Well yeah I, correct that I, that would make sense. Yeah I'm pretty sure and I mean I'm still really looking into this as well but the way that you metabolize even hormones in your body especially with sex hormones is is a very different different process the adrenals produce estrogen and testosterone for both men and women and if you look at someone who's in their 30s especially a guy um, you would have you know a couple of choices as far as natural testosterone increase and you know one of the ways to do it is obviously start lifting weights that's been proven and then uh, taking testosterone directly is another one but if you kind of want to go in the in-between there's uh, ways to take 
supplements to boost your testosterone naturally. And it works for some people, it works for a lot of them, nothing beats direct testosterone replacement, right? But if you're looking at saying, how can I produce it directly without directly putting it in my body, you would look at an increase in the adrenals. And mine did increase, my adrenals did, right? But my testosterone didn't, unless I completely shut down all my testosterone from my other places like my you know testes and all that stuff but if you didn't look at uh i don't think i looked at the ls uh, or the lh and the fsh but i'd be curious to see if i shut down production of those signals i don't think i would have i didn't but, even know men made those what's that i didn't know men made those oh so the, okay so so lh and S fsh are luteinizing and follicle stimulation right? correct yeah. so in women they do different things obviously uh the follicle is going to stimulate the ability the to, to get an egg ready and then the you know look at uh, the luteinine hormone is going to be one of those things as far as uh, just dealing with implantation as well as, uh, as the menses in the mm -hmm. menstrual cycle, right? So, so what do they do in men? So in men, they just simply go to the testicles and just tell you to produce more testosterone. Got it. And, and <laughs> that's that's what it. You but you also have those signals. Um, I got to double check this, but I think they do go sometimes to the adrenals, and uh, they're they're signaling. That's all they are, right? So like from the pituitary gland and the hypothalamus. You have uh, signals that go and say, all right, go and tell that organ to produce more of these hormones. Like, you know, TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone, right? right? Go to the thyroid and tell them to make T3 and T4. FSH and LH, you go to the testes and you tell them to make um, testosterone. So, uh, I forgot what question I was going to ask. So, are you going to take um, another blood test, like, in a week? Yeah, I think I'm going to probably do it in January, and I'm going to see where it's at. Yeah. Now, if, if it goes up higher than 700, um, here's two theories on it. One, I started taking some adaptogens as well, and I've been raising my testosterone with the adaptogens I know, which has been excellent. But uh, if it goes up only like maybe 50 or 100 points, I'm going to think, okay, that's not a bad thing. But if it goes up to 1,000 like you did with Baldo, then I'm going to say that's pretty damn incredible because I think you were around 600 as well, right? Before yeah, I was that. at like 220. I raised it to 600 when I did no grains, no sugars. And then I raised it to 1,000 after the fast. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, it's just like, I, I know. So, you know, <laughs> there is a science behind all of this, as you can tell. And it's so, just, Merry Christmas. Here's some testosterone. <laughs> yeah. We could get into why. But you, but you know what's funny, though, is that you get clients here who's like, well, you should tell my, my husband not to, like, not, not to eat for six days. Yeah. <laughs> and you lose some weight, too, and all that stuff. And it's funny because we, we, we hear that from people and we don't ever, like, you know, pushed on anyone unless we really think it would be beneficial and they could handle it a lot of this stuff was um was like loading like i was like basically like eating a lot of fat for the past couple yeah. of years so i was able to do it we and, did have our holiday party right before y'all fast yeah, so we ate a lot <laughs> but i didn't want to go nuts on the sugar because i didn't want to make it to where it's like you know gonna throw my insulin completely off anyway before i get started yeah but I it mean, would also be harder to transition to not eating if you had like a huge carb-heavy meal, like you guys were eating a lot of fat that day. If yeah. you had eaten a lot of carbs and sugars, you would have felt an even worse crash to yeah. like eat the food. So I wouldn't recommend this to someone who <laughs> has not eaten a very healthy lifestyle uh, in a while. And so, like, it'd be like this. You'd have to preload you, 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 like, you have to work yourself. Six days is a bit. A it's bit a lot. Much. It's yeah. a bit much, yeah. Um, I'll tell you this. As far as the water fast goes, the symptoms that I was feeling, um... The first two or three days were fine. Like, I really didn't feel that bad. I I, very, I felt almost as calm the second day. I started noticing it. No, I think it was, no, second day I was anxious. Second day I was anxious. Third day is when I started being calm. 
And then from then on out, it was more like, yes, I'm calm, but I'm also tired. Um, I would get winded going up the stairs carrying Omar, uh, Xavier up here, and, uh, and that was in the car seat. But uh, I knew I couldn't work out on this. I wasn't starving in the sense where I had hunger pains that hurt. It was more like I was hungry, and then it would go away because I wouldn't think about it. Mm. But it was kind of just more of habit uh, issues. You know, like I would come home, and like, I'm going to eat dinner. Oh, wait, I'm not going to. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I guess I'll go to bed because I'm not going to eat dinners. Like, what else am I going to do? Stay up and just watch food <laughs> and commercials and, right. you know, like, it's not going to happen. So, <laughs> so it was uh, like Jack in the Box and water Yeah, we're not going to watch that shit. You know, and all we did was talk about food the whole damn time we're on it. We were just talking yes. about food. <laughs> was like, let's eat. make a list that we're going to eat. Yeah, I'll, like, I'll <laughs> eat this, I'll eat that. And so, like, even the night before, we went to uh, H-E-B and my favorite store. <laughs> and uh, we went ahead and looked down the aisles for like three hours to decide what kind of foods we wanted to eat. And it was going to be like, I wrote down a list of all the horrible, most <laughs> most inflammatory foods I could imagine eating. And I was like, but do I really want to do this? Like, do I really want to do that to myself? And I did carb load for about a week. And I probably spent a few days longer than it should have been. But um, I don't want to uh, undo everything I've done. So I really stayed away from the desserts. Like, yeah. you even uh, gave me the... Buy what the vegan cupcake or whatever. That vegan cupcake was good yesterday. <laughs> that was it. I had to we try it. We split it. We split that like five ways. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had a bite of it. It's it was one cupcake. Good. It was damn good. But uh, <laughs> but other than that, no, I I don't want to undo everything that I've worked hard for here, and I'm excited to do more labs to see if the testosterone goes up. I'll check some of the same things again. Um, I I don't know. I think as far as the diet goes, I'm gonna keep modifying it. I like the gut diet one right now that I've been following. It works for me. I. I love sauerkraut now, but it's kind of weird to think about it. Um, I love pancakes. I still get to eat them on it. Like, yeah. You know, I'm, I, I think learning about all of this, my approach to food is a lot different because you basically starve yourself for six days. You do start eating food. You start thinking about it like every hour in the hour. You're going to start wondering, what are you going to do when you go back to eating the other way you did because it might make things worse. And so I was like, well... What am I going to do differently? I'm going to appreciate food. I'm not going to restrict myself on a lot of the foods I, I want. But I'm just not going to do them a lot because I know how they make me feel now. Right. Um, we went out to eat for Merrick's Christmas party the other day. And we ate, um, or I had, a salmon dip and had cream in it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was nothing modified for my diet whatsoever there. And uh, I had it and five minutes later, just, you know, pain. So, like, after that, how are you going to handle, like, holiday stuff this weekend? You're going to visit family for, for Christmas. I'm kind of worried. I'm not going to lie because uh, it's funny. There, I, I will say this again. I love H-E-B because I can go to H-E-B any point, And for people who are not from Texas or South Texas, it's a supermarket. And you can get pretty much anything you want. They have really good choices. Yeah. You know, and they have really good, like, even their own line of uh, brands is good. But they have gluten-free this and you know like minimally processed this and organic that and if not I can always get fruit and vegetables so I'm not worried about that but um where I'm going is Oklahoma City they got a, they got a sprouts in Edmond it's not you yeah. know it's not that bad you know I think I'll survive the thing is no one gives a shit about your diet and then so when people cook I'm gonna have to be that in-law it's like damn I'd love to try it but I just can't have any of this mm -hmm. you know like if they put dairy in it then it's a deal breaker is there anything that you will you, you will break the rules for? Like, is there one food that you really, really like that you're like, I'll make an exception? Homemade cinnamon rolls. Cinnamon rolls. Homemade cinnamon rolls. Right. nachos. For you, it's nachos? Oh, yeah. I had tamales last night. Yeah. So it's well, for me, that, 
because I did the no grains, no sugar before doing the six-day fast, mm. I just wanted to eat some tacos. Yeah. It's so inflammatory for me. Like, I could feel bloated now. Uh, the like, corn tortillas, man. And they were tortillas. good, too. And they're so good. So, and I'm just like, damn it. Like, I was... One thing is, like, I was hoping I can just go back to regular chips, mainly because, like... They're easier cassava, to find. And they're hella expensive, right? Yeah. God, they are. <laughs> and so it's like, I want to yeah, just go back to regular chips. I miss chips. And it's like, but it's like, I understand why I did that in the first place. Because yeah. it's like, but it's whatever. But I'm still going to do it every once in a while. Yeah. It's just... I know why I'm not going to most of the time. You're not going <laughs> to... I think it's, like, for me, where, like, if, if like, corn chips, I'll eat them if that's the option. You know, if someone's making guac, I want the guac. Yes. <laughs> but, but, like, you know, if I'm making it for myself, I'll buy plantain chips or cassava yeah. chips or something. But, like, if someone gives me a plate with corn chips and guac, it's, it's like, oh, darn, I guess I'll, you know... Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, so, when America and I first started dating, we'd always go to there for Christmas, like, to Oklahoma City. And uh, I love Oklahoma City. There's the people there, the salt of the earth. Man, they're awesome. They're very nice people. But the selections there are not anywhere close to where it is in Austin. So, um, like, there's a little Caesars right across from my mother-in-law's house. And, you know, she would always, when we come home, she's like, hey, I got a couple pizzas, uh, pizzas for y'all. And I was always thrilled because we'd get in late and I just want to eat that. There's no way in hell, like, you know, yeah. that could go down now. But um, for Christmas, the tradition with her dad was uh, he either get Chinese food as the meal, or your barbecue. Mm -hmm. And his other signature dish, dish was uh, arroz con pollo. And it was delicious. And I'm just like, man, <laughs> I don't know if rice. I could do any <laughs> of that like right now. Chicken just, rice. You probably do that. I don't eat a lot of rice now. The I, rice is, yeah, the rice might feel weird, but I think chicken and rice is probably fine. It's The thing is, though, it's so bloating. It is so bloating because you just don't eat... I don't just eat a little bit of it, right? Like, right. it's a whole bowl of it, and it's like that was... Uh, I Going back to what I know with even the test, you'd think, you know, this would geek out again. Uh, ghrelin, leptin, cholecystokinin is like... Uh, all hormones that tell your brain about satiety and tell you whether satiety, or not you're satiety, yeah. and they're basically sensitive if you're, if you're looking at uh, whether or not you're going to be full and you don't want to keep eating, and if you're looking at... Graylin, it's going to tell you you're hungry. Graylin sounds like growl, so yeah, Graylin's being exactly released it. when you're hungry. Leptin is telling you that you're full. Yep, and so if you have... Uh, Those are suppressed during the... If you have that during suppressed during... That when, when you're basically munching on the carbs, what happens is sometimes there's a delayed signal mm -hmm. or there's a fast signal, and it's kind of the same theory as like insulin resistance, so there's leptin resistance because leptin goes up every time insulin goes up. So if you're eating carbs, you're eating sugar... Are you sending a signal to your brain that's basically telling you you're not full, right? Because if you have a lot of leptin and you're basically saying, like, you're full, mm -hmm. your brain's thinking, all right, cool, but well, why do you keep eating? Yeah. And so it's delayed. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how I look at it. So I don't, I don't know uh, necessarily if that's a good thing for me to eat, eat rice, but... Yeah, we're going to have to wrap this episode, actually. We got some, uh, some clients in, um, but, yeah, I guess... Closing comments, what's, like, one thing, one holiday tip that you got? Like, I know clients come in here all the time, like, oh, my God, I'm going to get so fat over the holidays. Like, what's a tip that you have for people? Like, is it, like, for me, it would just be, like, you know, follow your own boundaries. Like, if you, if you want to eat something and enjoy it, don't let anyone give you crap for eating it and enjoying it. But also, like, if you know you really don't want to eat something and someone's trying to force it on you, just be polite and say, I'm sorry, no thank you. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I think you have to just 
take care of yourself in that sense and, and think about it because no one else, like I said, cares about your diet. But I would say this, the easiest way to probably go about it is out of all the times you're probably going to eat a dessert or a sweet or something or whatever, you're going to have a drink or whatever it is for the holiday season, just say no one time to that. Like, I would just think, like, all right, that night I didn't eat a dessert, like, yeah. uh, normal yeah. pumpkin pie or pecan pie. And it's just one night. Right. If you show that to yourself, that you have the willpower, then I think, essentially, you kind of grow from there. You're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. I really didn't miss it. Yeah. It's just we have this gravitation yeah. towards love and food. And it's yeah, weird. well, prove it yeah. to yourself just once. Like, that's yeah, just it. Once. Like, that's just it. once. Just once and you're good, that. and then it might turn into two or two, three. For me, it's like, whatever. I'm going to... I, I mean, that's kind of why I like to do my crazy diet. So at times like these, I don't have to say no to anything. The thing about it is that I just won't eat as much anymore because I won't do it just because I know how shitty I could feel right. when I could at least have a taste of it. I think a lot of people feel like, oh my gosh, this is my one time to let loose. I'm going to eat all this stuff. Whereas I always tell them like, feed yourself with the social aspect of it. Yeah. Enjoy the time with your family. Yeah. Like the point of this is they're feeding you because they love you. It's not like, oh... I want you to eat this terrible food and feel terrible. It's like, no, I want to show you that I love you by making you this food. When in reality, we all just want the social connection of the yeah. holidays. So, like, get yourself a plate, enjoy what you eat, but also, like, take the time to eat it and enjoy everyone else's company and you're not going to overeat and nah. you're not going to feel crappy. I know, and that's and the listen thing. to your body, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. like, if, you're, if you're, it's telling you you're full, just don't eat anymore. <laughs> At least there. Yeah. <laughs> At I, least that much. I've ruined food and... I guess for the rest of my life, I just think about it in a different way. Like yeah. it, there's, I did, I did say this, uh, leaving this, I, I will say when the time is right, like homemade cinnamon rolls, like that's mm -hmm. the time that's right. I will go off my diet and I had it about last month, I think. Yeah. And it was one of the situations family, like, what am I going to say? Like they've got them for me. Right? Right. I mean, like, I don't care what, what's gluten free. Like they don't right. care. Right. So I ate it. I was fine. I think it's just more of those uh, those times when you don't know what the food's cooked in and you don't know what kind of preservatives are in there. And, then, you know, if it is something really inflammatory, if you like dairy, which it is for most people, I think you just got to kind of just be mindful. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, I probably shouldn't, you know. Yeah. So, but You're the boss of your own stuff. Yes. Yeah, obviously. And if you don't care enough to, like, care about it this way in detail, that's fine. But the truth is, is that if you notice that you're having some issues in your health, it's probably going to be with your diet in the first place you could start. So Absolutely. Well, cool. all right. That was a good episode, guys. Cool. And uh, next one, in. hopefully you get to see an episode for, uh with me and Allison from Costa Rica. We're so. going to Costa Rica. The next couple weeks on audio, we're going to be dropping some stuff that we've already aired on Facebook, but um, Baldo and I will probably be getting some audio recordings in Costa Rica. So. Inter interview a monkey. And we're going to interview a monkey and then eat, and then eat his brains. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're not joking. It's oh yeah, it's well, a whole it's, other... It's for science. Yeah. It's a whole other... Uh, <laughs> That's a whole other video, another podcast. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, thank y'all so much. Happy New Year. Uh, Happy, New Year. Happy holidays. All the good stuff. Happy Hanukkah. All the yeah. Things.